What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Crossover Podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, alongside one of my dear friends, host of your go-to Cardinals podcast, the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Johnny Venerable is here. What's up, Johnny? Stats, my guy, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate a few minutes of your time before we dive into this week four matchup. Just want to remind everybody, like, and subscribe to the YouTube channel and please rate review and follow the gold standard podcast network. The best thing you can do for us, leave us a five-star rating and a review. All right, Johnny, I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw this on the schedule, I was like, great Cardinals, two wins. Beautiful. Let's just move on. And then I'm watching the Cardinals play and I'm like, wait a minute. This is not what I was told the Cardinals are. Where is the potato? Where is just this team that's going to roll over and draft Caleb Williams next year? I can't find him. Yeah, they don't exist, at least not right now. Um, I, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think we'd be lying to ourselves if, if you know, we, we didn't, you know, at times discredit their, their ability to compete. Um, and I like Jonathan Gannon. I really like the hire and, and his coaching staff had immense potential, but you had to see him put it together. Um, you know, you and I were kind of talking off air. At some point, I do think the, the other shoe is going to fall on any given Sunday because their talent level is compromised. Let's just be frank. Like, they need the 12 draft picks that they have next next April to supplement. They've got $80 million in cap, and I think rightfully so. That's what a lot of Cardinal fans were focusing on. They are ahead of schedule, and I think in large part because of Jonathan Gannon Offensive coordinator Drew Petzing and, and DC Nick Rouse. They've done a masterful job. Can they keep it up? Especially this weekend, it's a tall task. Well, let me ask you about that because that was my big takeaway after hearing some of the breakdowns of the Cardinals Cowboys game last week was that this wasn't just the Cowboys being asleep at the switch. This is the Cardinals out scheming them, essentially. Like you have a real coach now as opposed to Cliff Kingsbury. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, they've led stats in all three games entering the fourth quarter. Think about that. They've led at wow. halftime in all three games. Like, conservatively, they should be 2-1 and one minimum. They were up against the Giants 20 to nothing before the wheels fell off in the second half. They lost Buda Baker late that week. Um, you know, had they been able to prepare for that sooner, I think they, they sealed the deal against the Giants. And against Washington, Joshua Dobbs had been there for like an hour. Um, and that's to their own fault. They had interest in Dobbs in the spring. Had they brought him in earlier and, and part of ways with Colt McCoy earlier, they probably went at Washington. All that to say, like, this is not some kind of like flash in the pan. They have a negative point differential. I mean, their point differential is like plus like 15 or 20. It's ridiculous. They, to me, are, are a very well coached team that's playing above their talent level and uh, against teams that are unprepared, like Mike McCarthy's teams have historically been known to be, or, mm -hmm. you know, a Giants team that I think, I mean, the Giants and the Cardinals, very comparable in terms of, like, the roster setup. The difference is, though, they don't have Kyler Murray ready to go yet, whereas, you know, Daniel Jones is better than Joshua Dobbs. I also think, you know, the Cardinals, to me, they heard all the tanking narratives, and, and basically they got rid of all the egos in their building, like, they cut DeAndre Hopkins. They said, go away. They gave him $20 million to leave. They traded Isaiah Simmons for a throwaway seventh round pick. These are all guys that Gannon has hand selected to go to battle with on Sundays. And again, while they're going to be out outmatched from a talent perspective, especially this Sunday, they don't have to worry about guys quote unquote quitting on, on their team. And I'm not suggesting like 
you know, DeAndre Hopkins and, and Isaiah Simmons were to do that, but they vetted this roster for six months, and these are the guys they opt to go to bat with. What I have said is I expect the Niners to have to take a punch. When I looked at it, the Cardinals have scored 18 points on average in the first half of games this season. They've also only scored 18 points in the entire second half of every game right. this season. So I, I, what I'm saying is I think that maybe Arizona comes out, score a touchdown or two early. Niners will just have to hang close and then hope to pull away in the second half. Is that reasonable? Yeah, and I think a lot of people would look at it like you know, they're being out coached in the second half, second half adjustments. I think it's more they run out of gas because their talent level. Like we've talked about this for the the course of training camp preseason. There are going to be games that they lead at half that they blow in the second half, and I you know blow is a difficult term to use, but just don't have the horses to compete. Their run defense is a problem. Like Tony Pollard ran well, Saquon Barkley ran well. I mean, can you name a defensive lineman for this team? It's tough, right? And it's a position that they would love to be able to address. They're going to address it in 2024. So what you've got is a hodgepodge of interchangeable guys, practice squad level players. Now they do something kind of unique where they rotate and nobody's playing like more than like 50 to 60% of the snaps. Um, so again, like, how, is that sustainable? It might be, but not against a team with Christian McCaffrey and, you know, what I think is the best run games, certainly schematically in the NFL. So, I mean, the Cardinals to, to, to win this game and you know, the stats like Purdy's going to have to be off and, and the pass rush is going to have to get home for this team. And the Cardinals are going to have to continue to make minimal mistakes offensively. The reason they lost to Washington, they fumbled twice in the, in the final 14 minutes. They have not turned the ball over since, and that should have led to, to do two victories. It, it led to one, but no turnovers against Dallas. They forced a turnover of Dak in the end zone. Um, they're playing very safe, complimentary football against Nick Bosa and company, that, that's going to be a tall task. Well, you just mentioned it, but we'll start in this area. 49ers offense, if you were going to really press until it hurts against this Cardinals team, how do I attack you? Up the middle, um, line of scrimmage. And again, the Cardinals, I mean, this is not a shot at them. They, they just, they don't have the bodies. They will wear down. And McCarthy and company got away from that. Go look at what some of those red zone possessions look like Last week, they could have continued to run Tony Pollard five yards a pop on this Cardinal team. They got cute. Dak has been known to throw interceptions in the red zone. Um, you know, they, they had penalties. You know, San Francisco, to me, obviously is much better coached. And they have, I think, a more sufficient way of how they operate offensively. So I, I would say it's going to be tempting if Brandon Ayuk plays. Let's air it out. Let's have fun. Let's throw it down the sideline. I, I would I would imagine like this is a Christian McCaffrey like 25 30 touch game you you ride him you know I was surprised how much they did against the Giants when that game was out of reach but I also commend it if you're paying a guy that much money he's in his mid to late 20s like get the most out of him try to you know try to win a division try to win a Super Bowl that way I think the 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 safest bet this week I mean I joke with our our buddies like the the easiest bet right now on any you know, gambling side is the McCaffrey anytime touchdown that that feels like a lock every single week. I would imagine this week he'll get his on the ground and that, and that's how they do it. I mean, it's as cliche as that sounds, you know, you don't have to manipulate the Cardinals will probably be in a position where they can stop you, but do they have the talent level? I, it, I, that remains to be seen. In terms of a pass rush, what I've said is Arizona is basically the bizarro giants. They don't blitz a ton, but they're still very successful at actually getting pressure even without blitzing. 
Yeah, schematically, I mean, Gannon did a nice job with Philadelphia last year against the Niners in the postseason. Now I know you know Purdy left that game, but it's the same defense that that he saw. Um, you know, Victor Dumakeji, a six-round pick from two years ago, is on pace for double-digit sacks. It's ridiculous. Dennis Gardeck has three sacks. And I say ridiculous like in the best possible sense. They are less talented than they were last year. They lost J.J. Watt and Zach Allen, yet they're more productive. And again, you sub subtract Vance Joseph and you insert Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis. That's what happens. So I, I think, you know, the absence of Mike McGlinchey, had, you know, from what I've seen and what I've watched of San Francisco, like that's their vulnerable spot right now at, at right tackle. That's a position that they're going to have to solidify either this year or in next year's draft, which is it's a strong tackle draft. But to me, if the Cardinals are going to have to exploit the right tackle for San Francisco. You know, Trent Williams is what he is. Um, can they can they send pressure? I think they'll blitz a little bit this game to try to rattle Purdy. You can't just let him operate in a clean pocket. And there were some opportunities against the Giants, I thought, for you know for the Giants to have a little bit more success. Thibodeau had a sack early on. Like I I do think the Cardinals defense will will play it and be aggressive in the in the first half. But again. Second half is where it's some of those matchups. They're really going to have to press because the pass rush was not there for them in the second half against Washington, the Giants, or the Cowboys. It just it just ran out of gas. Yeah, Purdy was blitzed 85% of the time against the Giants. Yeah. Wink Martindale just went absolutely nuts. Uh, let's flip it over now. What is the path to success for the Cardinals offense? I think – RPOs with Joshua Dobbs, the continuation of this running game, which has seemingly come out of nowhere. I mean, they had, they almost had 200 yards rushing against Dan Quinn at halftime last week. Um, I think trying to get players like Rondell Moore touches in north and south direction. I, I he was underutilized. Let's just call it that. Uh, with Cliff <laughs> yeah. Kingsbury. Um, Can we just talk about that really quickly? Yeah. How did Jonathan Gannon figure out in three games how to use Rondell Moore when Cliff Kingsbury couldn't figure it out in years? I think that we just know the answer. One one guy is an NFL head coach and one guy is probably a college <laughs> OC, right? And then, again, like that's not shot at Cliff. Cliff's doing well with Caleb Williams. He's being paid by the Cardinals, right, to not coach for them. But, I mean, Jonathan Gannon, people rip on him for his pressers and, and whatever. The guy had 70 sacks and 17 picks as the D.C. for Philadelphia last year. He got beat by Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and, and people want to make him out to be some kind of fraud. He learned under Mike Zimmer. He's got NFL contacts all over the place. He put together a hell of a staff. I mean, Drew Petzing offensively stats is a disciple of the Shanahan offense. I talked to Jonathan Gannon at the NFL Combine with my co-host, Bo Brock. He said that they're going to be a like a hodgepodge of San Francisco and Cleveland on the first and second down, which they have been. And then eventually when Kyler Murray comes back and you see a little bit of, of Dobbs with this, they want to be Philadelphia-esque where you're in the shotgun, you make some plays with your feet. Um, but no, they want to run the football. They'll probably run it right at Nick Bosa. They ran it right at Micah Parsons last week. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, Dallas's linebacking core, not super impressive outside of Parsons, whereas like you make an argument, you know, Fred Warner and Greenlaw are the, the two best inside linebackers. So um, it's going to be much more difficult. They're going to they're going to probably play it safe and take a couple deep shots, maybe to Michael Wilson and Hollywood Brown. But they're going to they're going to try to run the ball right at the strength of this Niners defense. And here's what I will say. You have to have a mindset to run the football like the Cardinals know what they can and can't do, especially with the absence of Kyler Murray. Like they know they have one way to win and it's it's to run the ball. And they've been able to do it. I'm 222 on the Cowboys last week. Let me just tell you, thank you. That was a thing of beauty to watch. I personally enjoyed that very, very much. How fast is Josh Dobbs? Because I was worried about the Niners going against the mobile quarterback and Daniel Jones, and they absolutely shut him down. I think he was two carries for five yards in the game. 
What do I have to worry about with Dobbs? He's not as fast as Kyler. I think on his, he had like a 55 run last week. I thought he was going to house it. Maxed out at like 19 miles per hour. And Kyler's been clocked over 20. So, I mean, Kyler probably scores there if he's healthy. But Dobbs taking care of the football, and he's he's really, really efficient. Like, I'm not going to put the first game fumble exchange snaps on him. He had been here for like half a day. So since then, if I'm looking at how he takes care of the football against the Giants and Week Martindale and Dan Quinn and the Dallas Cowboys, he's doing a hell of a job. So I think I think he's a guy that can occasionally sail a ball. Uh, if he's if he's inaccurate on his throws, he's high, which is good because then you know out of reach for the defensive back as well. Um, they want to utilize the the two tight ends and Trey McBride and Zach Ertz. They opened up the offense more than I thought they would against Dallas, and he made some really good throws, like career potentially launching throws to guys like Hollywood Brown out of his own end zone, Michael Wilson late in the game. He And he can move. I mean, like, is he Kyler Murray? Nobody is, I think, from a mobility standpoint. But he's somebody very comparable, I think, to Daniel Jones physically, athletically, which for a guy that you got on August 28th for a fifth-round pick, I mean, what would the New York Jets do for this kind of quarterback play? <laughs> Um, I, I think competency is key. They want to keep him around 17 to 22 attempts. Uh, he completed 70% of his throws last week. It's going to be much more difficult in an environment like San Francisco, but he needs to be aided by a run game. And I think he'll be part of the run game again. The spread is 14 points as of this recording. Do you have one, do the Cardinals cover the spread? And two, do you have a final score prediction for us? I mean, they're three for three. They've been underdogs in all three games. They they covered last week and, and won outright almost by the amount that they were uh, favored against. So I think the Dallas was like 12 and a half, 13. You could have gotten that line at plus 525 last week. Um, I don't think the Cardinals win this game. I think that they hang around. I mean, the, the spread is probably right about right. I think the, the the 49ers are the best team as much as it pains me in the, in the NFC. I think they should have home field advantage and route to the Super Bowl. They're just the NFC, and this isn't a shot at the Niners. The NFC is terrible. The quarterback play <laughs> is terrible. It is poised for the Niners to 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 have home field advantage in the postseason. So again, the Cardinals are not favored. In, they're still not favored in any remaining games. For by the way, for this year, wow. but they've got Kyler Murray coming back in a couple of weeks. Like losing, I think I think they're going to lose somewhere in the vicinity of like maybe like 27 14 something like that i think they'll be competitive it'll be a competitive two or three quarters they just i mean like the the 49ers have a, a who's who roster of, of guys they've drafted and developed and then that allowed them to go out and splurge on trent williams and christian mccaffrey like they've they've built a team like the cardinals want to build a team and and so they're at square one the niners are if if you're a niner fan hopefully at the culmination of of a of a super bowl run so i think you know competitive outing i think the game Later this year in Arizona will be more competitive. Obviously, you've got Kyler Murray. Hopefully, the implementation of these rookies, they feel good about where they're at, like, you know, eight to 10 weeks. But uh, it'll it'll probably be the, and I've said this for a couple weeks now, I've been wrong every time, it'll be probably the first come-to-earth game that the Cardinals have had this year. And again, through no fault of anybody, the Cardinals are getting their flowers this week, well-deserved. They're just, the talent gap is so severe. Um the coaching can only do so much. So they'll be able to hang their head high and they've got winnable games left on the schedule. Well, you just made yourself a lot of friends among 49er fans with that prediction. It pains me. I don't want to say it, but I mean, it's just who who's beating them in the NFC right now. The Eagles have regressed. They lost both their coordinators. They're not the same team. Dallas is fraudulent with McCarthy and, and Dak Prescott. I mean, like, do you take anybody seriously in the NFC South? I don't. 
I think the Rams and the Seahawks are maybe aren't, aren't playoff teams, certainly not the, the Rams. So, like, who, who's going to beat them in the NFC? Look, from your lips to God's ears, <laughs> I'll take it. That's – I don't care the rest of the Injuries NFC. notwithstanding with this team, and I would I, – again, Bosa, Ayuk, Debo, McCaffrey, Trent Williams have all had injury issues. So, I – However, they can manage that the second half of this year. If this team starts like nine and one, ten and zero, that's what I'd be concerned about: getting those guys healthy for January. And that's that's what it's all about. Like I don't care if Debo plays this week. If there's any question, sit him. I want him healthy right. for the Cowboys game, and obviously down the stretch is when we absolutely need him. Johnny, if people want to check out your work on the Cardinals, where can they go? Of course, I'm at Johnny Venerable. I host a daily podcast, PHNX Cardinals, premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Uh, we have a lot of fun. I'm part of PHNX Sports here in Phoenix. Uh, we do digital media the right way uh, here in Arizona. So having a lot of fun. My co-host and I, Bo Brock, will be live. BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium this weekend, doing a live hit, uh, covering the game. And so come out if you're in the area. Uh, great drink specials, food specials, all that good stuff, and, and watch the Cardinals hopefully be competitive against San Francisco. There you go. Johnny, you are the best. Thank you so much for the time. Hope to talk to you again soon.